Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Nicholas Mancini, currently the pastor of Sacred Heart of Mary Parish in Louisville, and he's the spiritual director for us here at Living Bread Radio. Welcome, Father. Thank you, Tim. Good to be with you. Yeah, it's great to see you again. Thank you. Uh, Today we're going to continue our discussion uh, from the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church, and we're going to talk about sin, and question 315 of the UCAT asks, what is a sin in the first place? What is sin? A sin is a word, deed, or intention by which man deliberately and voluntarily offends against the true order of things, as God's loving providence has arranged them. Thus, to sin means then to violate some rules about which men have agreed. Sin turns freely and deliberately against God's love and ignores him. Sin is ultimately love of oneself, even to contempt of God. Uh, St. Augustine, and in the extreme case, the sinful creature says, I want to be like God. Just as sin burdens me with guilt, wounds me, and by its consequences ruins me, so too it poisons and damages the world in which I live. It becomes possible to recognize sin and its seriousness by drawing near to God. Now, when we look at this for a moment, in the life of St. Augustine, he committed sins which violated God's love. Mm -hmm. And later on in his life, he realized that these sins were destroying him. His mother prayed for a conversion. And through that conversion, Augustine then turned back to the faith. So sin then ultimately destroys everything within man. It blackens the soul. It turns us away from God, and it destroys sanctifying grace. Mm -hmm. I know in my own life there was a time, uh, and I can't explain why, because I went to Catholic grade school, I went to Catholic high school, And when I went to college, for some reason, I stopped going to Mass, and I led a life of sin. For some reason, I I don't quite know. I think it might have been a little bit of rebellion against authority in general, but Mm -hmm. finally getting out on my own. But it was by the grace of God that I realized that I was not only hurting myself, but I was hurting my wife, my kids, my family and friends, the people who I love the most. Right. But most of all, I was offending God. And so slowly I started coming back to confession, and then I started going to confession more frequently. Uh, I didn't stop sinning right away, some of the sins that I was having issues with, but eventually I did. I asked for the grace to, to avoid those sins, and again, through confession and through frequent reception of, the, of Holy Communion, Jesus in the Eucharist, I was able to do it. So, so question 316 asks, how can we distinguish mortal sin or serious sins from less serious sins or venial sins? How do we distinguish between the two? Serious sin or mortal sins 
destroys the divine power of love in a person's heart, without which there can be no eternal beatitude. Hence it is also called mortal sin. Serious sin breaks with God, whereas venial sin only strains the relationship with Him. A serious sin cuts a person off from God. One requirement for such a sin is that it be opposed to an important value. For instance, directed against life, against marriage or God, murder, blasphemy, adultery, and so on. And that it be committed with full knowledge and full consent. Venial sins are opposed to secondary values or are committed without full knowledge of their seriousness or without full consent of the will. Such sins disrupt the relationship with God, but do not sever it. Well, this is actually very scriptural, Father, because I had someone ask me one time, where is it in the Bible? And it's actually in the first letter of John, chapter Mm -hmm. 5, verses 18 and 19, where St. John says that there is sin that is deadly, and then there is sin that is not deadly. Right. And so deadly sin is simply, the church calls it mortal, mortal sin. sin. Mm-hmm. And, and then, of course, less deadly sin is venial sin. So the whole thing with sin is is that we destroy our relationship with God. And mortal sin cuts us off completely. And venial sin damages it, but it doesn't cut us off completely. Right, right. And that's what we have to realize. And so many times people forget the essence of sin and what it does it destroys us mortal sin destroys us and a lot of people just don't seem to understand that those sins must be confessed in the sacrament of reconciliation so we have to remember mortal sins must be confessed and so that we can get back into that sanctifying grace of almighty god again this is very (laughs) scriptural because the first thing that jesus did on that first easter sunday night after he resurrected from the dead, was appeared to the apostles and breathe on them and says, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose right. sins you retain are retained. So Jesus gave that authority to the apostles and to men for our benefit and for our salvation. So again, just like when the priest is on the altar uh, consecrating the bread and wine, when he's in the confessional, he's in the person of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And even though you're... Uh, forgiving the sins, so to speak. It's actually Jesus Christ and you in the person of Jesus right. Christ forgiving those sins. Exactly. And, and again, to receive communion, we can't receive communion with, with mortal sin on our souls. Right. And, you know, that, that led us into the next question. But the idea here is in order to heal that break with God that is caused by serious sin, we must be reconciled through confession. And that's the important thing. Mm-hmm. We have to remember that. I think one of the beauties of being a Catholic is that we get to go to confession and we get Mm -hmm. to go to Mass. And going to confession, I'm 59 years old and I still struggle with it a little bit, but I can tell you that after I honestly examine my conscience and, and confess my sins and truly repent and have true sorrow, and I receive absolution from the priest, I have to say I feel so good after that. Mm -hmm. And again, it's important to remember we receive the grace of the Holy Spirit when we go to confession to avoid those sins in the future. And again, that's I think that's helped me over the years. 
is getting in that habit of uh, the first Saturday of every month that the nuns taught right. me is going to confession to help realize when I mm-hmm. am mortally sinning and then having the grace to avoid that and then and then sin less and to love more. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing, you know, to at least go to confession once a month to gain that grace. You know, even though we, we may not have committed a sin, but we go to the sacrament of reconciliation just to say, you know, forgive me, Lord, for my past sins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to make up for those. I want to atone. I want to be a better person. And thus we gain that grace, that sanctifying grace from that sacrament. It's really uh, a blessing and it's a gift that God gives us that we just don't fully comprehend or realize how powerful it is right? and how it can really help us not only in our relationship with God, but in our relationship with the people we work with, our family, and our friends. So that, that's important to receive the grace of the sacraments. So question 318 of the UCAT asks, Father, what are vices? Vices are negative habits that deaden and dull the conscience, incline a person to evil, and habitually prepare him for sin. Human vices are found in connection with the capital sins of pride, adverse, envy, anger, lust, gluttony, and sloth. Uh, All of these things. And, you know, uh, things that are presented on television uh, certainly, uh, you know, leads one uh, maybe into sin. You see sexually uh, prescribious programming uh, that, you know, oh boy, you know, that lead us away from what the values of the commandments are into, oh, they do this, you know, and that. There's sexual acts, this uh, robbing, stealing, murders, and all this, you know, that are presented on these programs. And it, it shows a way that people think that it's a way of life. And our youth get involved in a lot of this. They are torn. And they are, are, are torn away from the truth And they find themselves in these vices that lead them into dangerous and serious sins. Mm -hmm. So the commandments are still valid today. Yes. Uh, I'd like to share a quote with St. Augustine. He said, if there were no forgiveness of sins in the church, there would be no hope for eternal life and eternal deliverance. Let us thank God who gave us church such a great gift. So again, we see that St. Augustine's pointing out that the, the forgiveness of sins and the sacrament of confession is, exactly. is a great gift of God. Question 319 asks, are we responsible for the sins of other people? Uh, no, we are not responsible for other people's sins unless we are guilty of misleading or seducing another person into sin or of cooperating in it or encouraging someone else to sin or of neglecting to offer a timely warning or our help. Uh, so, no, we're not responsible for that. But if we lead a person into sin, yes, then we are. I have a friend who uh, has a bad habit of saying the Lord's name in vain. And I, rem- I tried to think of a, of a nice way to mm-hmm. make him uh, realize what he was doing. And uh, when I did say something to him, I says, let's, let's pay a dollar for every time, you know, we say the Lord's name right. in vain. And, of course, I don't, I don't say it. I have other sins that I commit, but that isn't one of them. Anyhow, he was offended because he said I was judging him. And actually, I was trying to help him realize, and again, it was out of habit. It wasn't out of disrespect Mm -hmm. for our Lord, because I know he loves the Lord. 
but he felt I was judging him. And I think it's important to, to draw that distinction between helping someone who's in sin and judging someone. I wasn't judging him. However, I was trying to point out, you know, a bad habit that he right. had that maybe he didn't realize and do it in a way uh, with love and with charity. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So our final question for this session, Father, on 320 asks, is there such a thing as structures of sin? Uh, Structures of sin exist only in a manner of speaking. A sin is always connected with an individual person who knowingly and willingly agrees to do something evil. Nevertheless, there are situations and instructions that are contrary to God's commandments. I think you mentioned a couple of those a minute ago. And, you know, we we get into that habit of cursing, swearing, things of this nature, and we try to avoid that, and we want to do better. Awesome. We've been listening to Father uh, Nicholas Mancini. Can we have your blessing, Father, before we go? And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you and fill you with his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. We have hundreds of past Faith with Father shows archived, and we are now podcasting all of the new shows. You can subscribe right on our website, livingbreadradio.com. Go to the Programming tab and click on Faith with Father. This has been Tim Perry. Until next time, may God bless you. Bye for now. This has been Faith with Father a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.